0: in three, two, one Hello and welcome to the Katie Ratio, your designated podcast for All Things Nerd. My name is Kyle, and with me tonight I have William. And tonight, we finally kicked Dylan off of the park. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's having a great time traveling. Uh, he'll be Well-deserved g- vacation. Well-deserved. He'll be gone uh, next couple episodes, this one, and next week, I believe, as well. Uh, so we'll have to ask him about how his trip was when he gets back.
1: Looking forward to it.
0: All right. So first off, we're going to skip the hypothetical this week because we like to keep that uh, a trio when we do that. And instead, I'm going to jump straight into Will. How was your week?
1: My week was well. We actually, I guess it's been a couple weeks because of poker night. But um, my week is actually really, really good. I played a, a huge variety of games. Um, I have some time in between my uh, my schooling, so it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. I played Battlefield Five. I played some Rogue Company. I played a lot of Apex Legends. Um, I played uh, Rocket League. I played some Warzone. And uh, it it just felt good to like bust out the variety, kick the ADHD into high gear, um, and uh, get ready for this kind of gaming season that we're about to have in a couple months. A lot of good games coming out. It's about to drop, about to be... Finally.
0: Yeah, a lot of good stuff coming out, which we'll we'll get into for sure. Uh, For me, honestly, I'm back into Mass Effect. So this is my... Oh, I played that too, yeah. Yeah, this is my second... Completion of Legendary Edition. I'm working on that right now. I'm on ME3 right now. Uh, Yeah, I can go into that (laughs) as much as I have already. So I'll I'll skip that tonight. Uh, Highlight of the week for me was actually, I don't know, it might have been a highlight for you too. I had a really good time at uh, Dylan's birthday party. Dylan's birthday
1: party was a lot of fun. We played, uh, we actually, you know what? That's interesting because there are so many fun board games out there and like just table games that. they're just so enjoyable and it's like you don't need to be connected all the time and you could still have a great time with a group of people.
0: If anyone is into like improv and like uh, that kind of thing that employed game I would definitely recommend Was that the full name of it? I think it's called Employed. Yeah. It could be butchering and maybe it's called something else but it was, uh that was fun that was a lot of fun let's
1: describe it for the listeners out there like well the i guess goes. that makes sense yeah.
0: right i was like trying to just dangle it <laughs> <laughs> maybe they'll google it or something so employed is a game where your whole mission as the player is to try and get hired on uh to a specific profession whatever that may be it's all random uh you're given four is it four
1: four random words four
0: random words that or, you have phrases. To, or phrases that you have to work into your resume or your interview if you will Yeah, they have to be your skills they have to be your skills um, and if you you know if you're if you enjoy that kind of thing if you're good at it it's a, it's a lot of fun it can lead to a lot of laughs I think
1: yeah like we had one where we were applying it sounds kind of weird but we were applying for the butcher for a, the job of a butcher and one of the cards I had was Sexual ty- Tyrannosaurus Rex. And <laughs> I had to work that in as a skill set. And uh, we, we all had a lot of fun with it. It was so it was such a good time. I also played a... Have you ever played Disney's uh, Villainous? Yeah. That is a fun board a game. It is nice. Um, we also played this game, me and my wife, uh, called Ticket to Ride. It's almost kind of like a Settlers of Catan style game, where like you have to lay, you have to like kind of conquer the land and get tracks and stuff like that. It's, it's, it reminded me a lot of that game, even though it's not the same. Um, but there's a lot of fun board games out there, but they are not cheap.
0: No, board games are ex- more expensive <laughs> than video games. A lot of
1: often, yeah, Settlers of Catan I think is like fifty bucks or something. Yeah.
0: Well, we play um, in our little group, so. Uh Will, myself, Dylan, and then Will and my uh wives, we played Descent, which is a uh it's a dungeon crawler board game, kind of a longer stretched out over, you know, like twenty ish rounds. Um I was looking into because I was like, Oh, when this is over, we should definitely keep it going. I was looking into like uh expansions and they're like 30, 60, like 40, 50 bucks, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, I'll just write our own some stars. cardboard. Yeah,
1: like,
0: but yeah. It's Video expensive. games
1: are millions and millions of lines of code, and this <laughs> game is cardboard and some graphics printed on it, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, there, there's a lot of, like, we, we just are, like, like, this podcast is for all things nerd, right, and we just love all that stuff, and it's yeah. so much fun to sit down and like unplug with a board game and, and still treat it like a strategy because the imagination kicks in hard when you're playing those games and it could be such a good time and that employed game That's is a fun. lot of fun you get to see a lot of people's creative personalities trying to come up with things on the spot we did one round in that game where we had a uh, we didn't get to look at our cards beforehand so we just had a rip right on the spot and so you, you got to see some of the more creative people and and lot of different energy and personalities come into play
0: <laughs> i mean will had everyone <laughs> reaching out and praising jesus <laughs> he gave a whole sermon yeah we were well we were trying for that we were
1: trying to get the job of a priest
0: <laughs> <laughs> i took a different angle and i just <laughs> said i forgot what i did but i was saying something like oh and every religious man, what's the most important thing? And I dropped a card, and it was unexpected. It said, like, beer belly. And so I had to figure out how to <laughs> work. American? I think you
1: phrased it. The, what is the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Jesus? Oh, yeah. He flips the card over, and it says beer belly. And yeah. it's just totally random. It's so, a good It's good times, though. And it, and it really shows that, like, you know, whether or not you're plugged in, like, if power goes out. Like, there's such so many ways to have fun. But... Man, those board games are expensive.
0: <laughs> yeah, so long story short, uh, if you're at a party, everyone's feeling a little loose after a couple beers, uh, Employed is definitely a good option. Uh,
1: it's a fun party game, for yeah, sure. Fun party game. If you're just looking for a light evening, that's definitely the way to go.
0: So, moving on a little bit, let's jump right into it. First thing I want to talk about uh, that I've noticed, and you've you've seen a lot of it, is the migration uh, from war zone to right now apex i so.
1: thought we were talking about bird migrate no <laughs> yeah,
0: right. so what's going on with that flying south for the yeah. winter what I is never, happening
1: i never understood this they're <laughs> flying into the fires currently going on in california that are ruining all of our air quality
0: ah it's a nightmare here in nevada right now it's smoke everywhere but it's crazy Anyways, yeah, so uh, Warzone slowly but surely it seems to be losing its legs, and everyone's going to Apex. What you want to talk about that? What's what is that about right now?
1: I think we we talked about this concept in a previous episode, but content creators have been complaining and bitching about the dominance of Warzone <laughs> and its viewership on these streaming platforms, and and. They say it's like one of the worst content droughts that they've ever seen. Blame it on COVID. Blame it on whatever. But Warzone, whether you like it or not, has dominated basically streaming and uh, video games in general. I mean, I don't think there's a game over this period that has made more money than Warzone. I, 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 Other than maybe a couple mobile games and maybe MMOs. I'm not sure. But Warzone is definitely up there on that list. Um. And they've been complaining about this content drought. Well, what we have finally started to see is some of the top streamers in these platforms that built their audiences around Warzone, that grew their audience around Warzone, whatever, they're migrating over to games like Apex Legends in mass. I mean, a lot of the top streamers, whether it's Tim the Tatman, Nick Merckx, Z Laner, Dr. Disrespect, a lot of these duos and stuff like that, they're all moving over. I just saw Vicstar playing on uh, on uh, Apex, seeing a lot of, like, I think Shroud is starting to post stuff about Apex now. I don't know if he ever really stopped playing, but they're not on Warzone anymore. And we talked about this concept before, which when you, like, you have so much content being created on, like, Warzone on this game over the last year and a half, and people consume that concept, they feed on it, and, and people want to play games that are, like, what all their friends are playing. And i feel like streamers can set that culture we saw it with games like among us like viewership of that game skyrocketed because a couple of streamers went over there and played that game and then the game exploded with people playing it they have immense power in making like games successful or not and i feel like they're finally flexing that and saying hey we are fed up with you activision blizzard with all the bullshit that's being done in your corporate headquarters which that's not really being the excuse that why people are leaving, but it might be some of it. Two, the hacking and cheating going on in that game. I watched a tournament this week. It was the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen in my life. It took over f- uh, five hours to play two rounds because the game, they had to keep resetting because every game had a cheater in it. So they had to reset the match and they couldn't play the whole match. It was like. It was like it, yeah it was, it was at le- it was like five hours or something like that for just two rounds it was embarrassingly bad and so um, they're fleeing to the other games and it's really exciting because I feel like we've talked about this before they have a ton of power and they're bringing their viewership bases and with that they're playing bringing people over to play the games like I played apex before and I loved, liked the game but I really kind of played other things. Um, and now seeing my favorite streamers play the game, I'm like, oh, this is actually really cool. I, I didn't know I could do that, or oh, I like that lead, uh, champion, or whatever. So I started playing a little, a little bit. And I'm like, this is a fun game. It's free to play. It's awesome. So, I don't know. What are you, What's your take on the whole situation?
0: No, I mean, that's... I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, there's absolutely on Warzone, like, no dev support um, no. at all. It's just non-existent. It's not there, and... Uh, For the longest time, they made a ton of money anyways. It didn't matter. They didn't have to fix these problems because people were going to continue to play anyways. And guys like myself, you know, I could stop playing because I'm annoyed by it. It doesn't affect anything. Um, I think it's very, very important for people with this level of influence, these streamers, the people that are driving the popularity of this game. This is kind of like a protest. You know, there's a protest saying you aren't doing anything to fix this. Why are we supporting you when games like Apex exist? Uh, exists? Yeah. And it's working out because it's happening.
1: You can only milk the Call of Duty name for so long before right. we get this. <laughs>
0: exactly. And uh, I mean, I got burnout because of stuff like that, among other things, like long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> like it was. I I haven't the seriously. Yeah. I haven't seriously played Warzone in probably almost a year. Almost a year since I like seriously played it. I've played it casually uh, for a couple months here and there, but um, I gave up being like trying to be competitive on it. Like probably last summer, to be honest. Yeah,
1: I remember we tried to get back into it when they had the new map update, and it was like, wait, this is this is the new map, you know? And I'll give credit to Fortnite because I feel like Fortnite, you know, even though they came out with new maps that people ultimately hated and stuff like that, they tried new things. They they constantly were reinventing themselves. The whole idea of doing like a concert in game, in game events like yeah, that wild. game evolved. Like you felt it. And it's still super popular today. And I feel like Warzone is about to crash and burn very hard. People yeah. are sick and tired of it. You cannot go in a couple games without finding a cheater in it. It is insane.
0: Especially if uh, Battlefield 2042 has a decent launch and. And I say decent; it doesn't even have to be spectacular, but if, if it's at least decent, it's gonna hurt. Uh, it's gonna hurt Warzone.
1: Yeah, I feel like Battlefield 2042 has everything excites me from how they've handled this entire launch. Where um, I feel like EA has, has handled launch as well, like with Apex Legend. Obviously, it's on uh, created by Respawn, which is a subsidiary of EA. I was looking into this because I didn't actually know this. I guess they announced Apex Legends the day they released the game. I did not know that. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh yeah, so we're, we made we're making this game called Apex Legends. Here's the game. Now don't quote me on that. I think I, I just r- was reading this this past week, but like, and it was like, oh yeah. By the way, it's available to play right now. <laughs> it was oh, like, what? It was like, wait, what? What? Oh my god! It's like this crazy thing. Um, and I just love like that maybe that's not the best way to do it but it's kind of neat you don't have a game get uh, hyped to oblivion especially the quality of game of, of Apex I mean yeah. it's amazing I did that but this has been handled so well we got an initial cinematic teaser we went in and saw some gameplay stuff now we're getting teased with some like weird like campaign lore even though there's not a campaign like Jack <laughs> Rags did this whole thing where they like did this teaser so like they're 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 teasing certain elements. There's this uh, hazard zone stuff, which might be their battle royale, escape from Tarkov kind of thing. Um, it, it's like, God, I appreciate it because it's like we're only a month or two away, and what we're about to see is like, you know, the beta drop soon. I think the beta is going to be available here in like a mu- in like less than a month. No. And we're gonna be able to play that, and then we're we're gonna be jumping into the game. They got it all set up with EA Play Pro and stuff. Like, it, it feels it feels like a fucking studio that has their shit together, which is so nice. And I feel like the sentiment that they're having around this game, they're talking about it as a service. They're gonna continue to, they're they're gonna continue to service the game throughout, provide more content releases. So I got everything about it feels like. They're, they watched very closely with what's been going on with Warzone, and are about to like implement their own thing to it.
0: This is the absolute most prime time to do that. Yes, if this is if they use this in their favor, they could really dominate this next couple of years in gaming for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've just played Battlefield Five, and uh, honestly, it wasn't that great of an experience for me. Yeah. I liked it initially. I thought it was like kind of, kind of neat. But as I played like more and more games, and I was like, oh, I don't really like this. Like the dying <laughs> mechanics, like the combat, the the movement, it just kind of felt weird. This whole idea of uh, what do they call it? the what do they call it? the portal mode where you can like create old game modes, and stuff like yeah. That. Like it just feels like it's gonna be a game that's gonna be so much fun.
0: The last Battlefield game that I actually got hooked on and i played a pretty good amount of hours was probably um battlefield 3 battlefield 3 was probably the last one and that that was what 2011
1: 12 yeah somewhere around there i think 12.
0: 12 so that was 10 years ago yeah so it's been a while and i have i have bought other Battlefield games here and there or played other ones here and there but i haven't been hooked on anything since then so I'm definitely just looking forward to uh, getting back into that. The vehicles, the intensity of it, uh, the size of the matches, and maybe I say this, quote-unquote, uh, but the more realism-based gameplay. Uh, the reason that's in quotes is because we see we've seen some crazy shit in these trailers. But, uh, yeah.
1: Well, they, like, I appreciate the, the non-hyping element of it. Like I said, like they, they came out with a firm release schedule... They have, it, they have this whole ecosystem. We could talk about this because I was absolutely blown away because they came out with this... They have this EA Play Pro, which if you have like Game Pass Gold or whatever it is, or Premium, whatever you get. So EA Play Pro, you get... Or EA Play, excuse me, not Pro. You get like 10 hours of the game and then it'll require you to buy the game or whatever. But then I guess in 10 to 12 months, the game would be expected to come out for free on there. But this whole idea of like... Um, like a subscription-based thing, like I started looking into the different options. I had never even heard of Prime Gaming. Yeah. I had no idea. Like, so I just like Googled that, and there was like six games on there that are like relatively like big game. Like Battlefield Five was on there. It was like, claim here. And I'm like, I was logged into my Amazon Prime account, and I'm like, I was like, wait, what? And I clicked the, the word claim, and it just gave me the claim code. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, wait, this doesn't work, does it? And then I literally used it, I went to the origin store, and... And I plugged in, it was like, oh, you're downloading Battlefield 5. I'm like, what is this? How, how is this part of Amazon Prime, and I don't know about this? Like, what the heck? This is a huge game. Like, this is, like, I think 30 bucks right now if I wanted to just buy Battlefield 5. It's only, like, a three-year-old game.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and uh, I was just like, wait, this is crazy. Like, So I looked into EA Play, and then I looked into EA Play Pro, which... The pro version, like if you're really into EA games, like if you played Madden and stuff like that, and NBA Two K and all the EA titles, I think they make Two K, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you would get the release of like all their brand new games, early access. Now I think it's like fifteen dollars a so month, like, so you got to be into EA. All but... your
0: bro gamers would yeah. love it. <laughs> Madden, NBA.
1: But if you think about, it, if you're buying those titles every year anyway. Yeah then that's the way to go. Which you shouldn't
0: be if
1: you are, <laughs> but if you are. <laughs> hey, you know, a lot of those Madden, some of those are the most dedicated gamers, man, is the people who play Dude. Madden. Or FIFA, they... FIFA, FIFA. Super... Did the, does EA make
0: that too? I believe so, I could be wrong, but I think, let's look that up. Yeah. Uh, I, I know so little of sports games, but. EA. EA yep.
1: Yeah, so they, so, I mean, if you're buying all those games, a $15 a month subscription is not looking too bad because this gets you also the game passes and all the stuff with those games. So like that unlocks everything. Yeah. And, um, like I know a lot of people who, who play every new series of, of Madden games cause they just love like football and stuff. And I mean, I'm no stranger to Madden. I mean, I played that when I was a kid. I love those games that they're fun, but the idea of it, as I've gotten older, it seems insane that I'm buying the same game year well, over year.
0: That's my... Well, that was my problem with Call <laughs> of Duty for the longest time is I don't like the fact... It's still that my I'm, problem with them. <laughs> yeah, like, buying the same thing every year feels like like I'm just taking it, you know? I'm just bent over and just accepting it. <laughs> and, like, there's no, like, like, we're not pushing back, which is why I also like the fact that... Uh, these streamers who do have this influence are pushing it back against yeah. Warzone.
1: Well, isn't it like we don't have any information really on what's coming out for Call of Duty this year, right? It's it's uh, like that's the, I actually just had this realization. That's, that's actually kind of funny to me. So Battlefield is gonna come in here. They're already hyping it up. People are getting way excited. People are really bad, like upset with a bad flavor in their mouth for Warzone, and then Call of Duty. I am pretty sure it's confirmed that it's another World War II game.
0: What is is Call of Duty announced? I, I haven't heard anything actually for this year's Call of Duty.
1: Um yeah I'm pretty sure I'll, I'll look it up but I'm pretty sure it's a, um it's a World War II Call of Duty which like how many of those have we had?
0: A million and <laughs> one. Call of Duty
1: 2021. Let's see. Yep. Supposed to... So, Call
0: of Duty Vanguard?
1: Wait. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be Call of Duty Vanguard. World War Two leaks. Yeah, COD 2021.
0: So Call of Duty, Duty, Duty Vanguard. Vanguard it's a sequel to Call of Duty World War Two. From what it looks like here. You know what? Call of Duty World War II. Um, <laughs> I, they need to leave. World War 2. Well,
1: what are they, they going to do? Are they going to stick it with the exact same model? They're going to have, like, what, 12 online multiplayer maps and then, like, fast-paced
0: shooter? And then they're going to have 12 online multiplayer maps and then they're going to make Warzone World War 2 based. Apparently there's going to be a World War 2 integration into Warzone. Well, that...
1: that's whatever. I don't even care. Yeah. Like, fuck, fuck Warzone at this point. I'm so <laughs> yeah. over it. But you know what's gross to me? is like well Call of Duty needs a massive like technology upgrade. And I don't know if it's gonna come with this era, but like they were talking about I've I've heard people talk about this, like I think Call of Duty runs on twelve tick servers, which is like how long it takes for like you to interact with the with the server itself. So you might have like great latency, but the server itself is only calculating like I think, like on tw- what's called twelve ticks, which I think translates to like twelve milliseconds. So, like depending on where your ping is and stuff like that, you might be interacting at a quicker pace than with a server than maybe someone who even has a lower latency just because of how the timing works. If you're shooting a bullet and stuff, modern games operate on like a like a single or like four tick. I'm gonna look it up, but like Valorant um, operates on a much Shorter, um, much shorter tick server, and it shows like on the competitive landscape, like it—it's absolutely noticeable to see how like responsive when you're killing someone, how responsive that all is. Yeah. Let me look that up. Oh, it's 120. Yeah, so it's 100. So it's a 12. Yeah. Okay. So excuse me. So it works the other way around. So so csgo is on 64 tick which obviously that's incredible because csgo is probably the most competitive shooter that exists in, i don't know of a of a
0: it's definitely the most one of the biggest history yeah I, counter-strike but. yeah i
1: mean it's, yeah csgo is like absolutely and ins- like that is all pixel perfect like you have to be you have to have like a three hundred fucking hertz monitor. <laughs> yeah. Like those guys go insane with their setups, and so that's a sixty-four tick server. And I, I really don't understand the, the technology or how this all works. But sixty-four tick, and then Valorant I think is one hundred and twenty-eight, or yeah, let's see. Valorant I think is one hundred and twenty-eight. I want to say, um, but. Somehow, like, Call of Duty... Yeah, Call of Duty Modern Warfare runs on 12 tick for Warzone. So it's like... What is that? Like, 10x less responsive for those servers. So, like, that's why sometimes you'll be in, like... When you're in, like, really close matches and you're like, Wait a minute, I would have killed that guy. I killed that guy. You know, it's like comes down to one bullet. It's all, like, timing with the server. Yeah. And so sometimes it favors people who are, like, lagging... Other than maybe like someone who was it it's, it's there's a whole bunch of shit and I haven't really read into it fully. I don't really fully understand the argument because I'm not really into competitive shooters to be honest. I like like that stuff doesn't bother me when it gets down to being like that close. but if you're at the upper echelons playing guest players like it, yeah I mean, every if, millisecond matters if you're
0: doing it professionally, that's another story yeah like if you're not just doing it for fun, but like your current livelihood is based on how well you play. Even not even like competitive, but like even for a streamer. Like if your streaming base is based on how well you're playing a game, that kind of stuff matters. Yeah. <laughs> that's a huge deal.
1: Especially in a game like freaking CSGO. That's where the, it's so tight.
0: That's the one of the downsides of being a streamer, um, unless you've built up you as a person, not your skills. You're not really allowed to have off days. You're not right. allowed to have days where you're just not doing good. Well, and that's a lot of streamers.
1: That's why they grow and fade, right? Because they build an identity around a game. They're really good at that game. That game fades, and then they can't translate into other games, and then they quit. Because no. it's like, oh, I'm not as popular. And so, like, yeah. Because like, imagine, imagine being a streamer, and your stream explodes on Warzone. And you quit your job and you go full time into streaming, <laughs> and then your streaming falls off a cliff because no one's watching Warzone anymore. And you're trying to play Battlefield 2042, and no one really cares what you're doing on Battlefield 2042 because people only watched you because you were insane at that one game, and you're not necessarily insane at this game. Right. So unless your community loves you, and you have like a, I, you're like one with your community, then they're gonna dip on you, and then you gotta go yeah. back and find a job.
0: <laughs> like, well, that's. That would suck. This was before the era of streaming, but that's what happened to so many um, so many content creators around the Modern Warfare 2 Black Ops 1 days. They're, the landscape was way different back then than it is now, and there was all these people that were uh, made just videos on YouTube based on their gameplay, and it was the height of machinima. Um, but once Call of Duty started like ticking downward, and it wasn't as popular anymore... All these people that, you know, uh, X-Jaws, Grizz, Woody's Gamer Tag, Hutch, um, c and to an extent. Wow. Like, all these people that were like the My gods. Child. Yeah, the gods of like gaming on you. It's like uh, Wings of Redemption. You know, they all just like, faded into obscurity pretty much and maybe they still will follow and i'm gonna piss some people off but when's the last time you heard of any of these guys <laughs> yeah. you know doing shit on the AAA level
1: What is gamertag i think has a podcast now and it's all politics right
0: i haven't i used to listen to his podcast um it's politics right i stopped listening like five years ago oh, okay um because it started getting that way and they used to talk about you know, they talked about gaming, but they also talked about other things, and then now it's just like they get really intense and heated, and you know, that's just it though. If I remember right, watching him, he like quit his day job, and uh, went full into it, and then all of a sudden had to figure out what he could do to still be relevant, because Call of Duty video commenting about your gameplay was not popular anymore. So well, And
1: this was all pre-streaming, it was like just YouTube, and like then the landscape exploded, and... Like content creators simply on YouTube. I don't know if they can like translate and exist in this, in the streaming world. Like, I feel like streamers do everything now. They got they have to have a Twitter page. They got to have an Instagram. They got to do the TikTok. They got to do, uh, you know, they got to have a a YouTube account. You got to have secondary and and, you know, tertiary uh, YouTube accounts for other content. It's like their whole life is being an influencer. And it's like, whoa, this is a, it it's a brand. You're it's, following a brand.
0: It would be exhausting, too. And I think that's also why a lot of them fell out. It wasn't because they didn't have the capability to remain relevant. It was because that's just a lot of work. And yeah. it's like, you know, games aren't fun anymore. <laughs> it's like what they're thinking. And I wonder
1: yeah. if, like, you know, 50,000 or, you know, what did those videos get in the, in the old days? 30,000, 100,000 views? Yeah,
0: looking back, I mean, not... Not a lot, but did know, they but...
1: pay more per click than today? I mean, they yeah, had to, I think to, they right? did,
0: and also back then, a um, hundred thousand views. On a vid was like a big deal. Big ass deal. It's a big deal, and now it's like if it doesn't hit a million, you're like, oh, they're just a small yeah. YouTuber. Yeah. You know, a hundred thousand, you're like, yeah. oh, they're still, they're still, you know, uh, grounded.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. oh, they're simply just growing. Man. It's like a hundred thousand people
0: wasted fifteen I minutes. Your of their brother life. had a, a gaming YouTube channel. I remember he had like five hundred views on one we video, and like, he out. went viral. Yeah. <laughs> like, I never thought that was such a huge deal. Yeah, it's so, like there's
1: certain hurdles you know that you get oh, over when you're you know uploading. It's just amazing.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a good point too. Um, I I don't know. See, back then people the main way they made money as a gamer on YouTube was probably through Machinima, and Machinima wasn't paying them that much because they were what a giving weird thing, yeah the they were giving them a, a pretty good portion of what was actually being made. Wasn't
1: Machinima like Vivo, but for gaming, right? Yeah, Machinima was, like was
0: like, uh, it's, I have a very basic understanding of how it worked, but what I, what it was is um, they would say, hey, we'll take your video, we'll do everything we can to promote it, spread it, make you a household name. In turn, it's your video is going to be hosted on our channel, which means we'll pay you, uh, but obviously because it's on our channel, we get the, the big chunk of it. So, like, all these people were uploading their gameplays and their commentaries to Machinima's YouTube channel. Which is, like, such a weird thing. No one would ever do that now. No. Like, there's no way they would, like, sacrifice their, sacrifice brand. their brand and let it be hosted by another brand. Like...
1: Didn't they also help them, like, sell merch? Because then everything was, like, Machinima. But then they had, like, their... You could sell shirts through them or whatever. Basically,
0: they, they made it to where you only had to record and you give them your the commentary... Content. You gave it to them and they took care of everything else. Yeah. And so it was nice if you're an up and comer, uh, but once you became popular like that's why Machinima died. Everyone was like, Why the fuck are we doing this? Yeah. Let's do our own channels.
1: I remember <laughs> when uh like I remember the downfall of machinima's not around anymore, right? Like I don't I think don't so. I don't think it's
0: even a channel anymore. I, don't, yeah. I can't remember last time I looked it up, but I, I know that they stopped uploading like maybe like seven years ago. I haven't
1: even seen or anyone mention Machinima, and that was like that was like Call of Duty, the apex of Call of Duty at yeah. that time, and I remember when they were in their downfall, and I remember stumbling across a video that was like, I don't know, probably a few months old, and it had like, and I'm not even kidding you, 32 views, <laughs> and it was, <laughs> what happened? I'm pretty sure, it... you remember Dark Side Phil? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was his girlfriend. Somehow, like his girlfriend got the machinima tag oh, or God. whatever. Girlfriend and she, yeah, into... and she, and it was like it, no joke. I, it was like 32 views or something, and it was an older video. And I was like, "This is what machinima has turned into."
0: It was so funny.
1: I'm like, "Wow, <laughs> this insane. was like machinima was such a big deal, and now it's like,
0: what is machinima?" <laughs> yeah, the only person. I mean. The, the only guy from those that era that I still, like, will watch, and he's a streamer now, but he, he just, he's not on the level of, like, the top streamers anymore, but I could still get down on watching some Hutch. Yeah. Like, there's just something about him, you know, he's just an honest gamer. Uh, he's not your, like, he's not the most dominant gamer, but he's definitely above average in pretty much every game he plays. Um, sometimes he gets a little political, and I kind of zone out when he gets political. Uh, but maybe it's because I feel nostalgic. He was like the guy I watched when I was a kid, you know?
1: Yeah. No, I don't think I follow anyone from that era. I remember following T. Martin.
0: Yeah, all that drama. And then that all there.
1: happened. And, and I was so disconnected from that world that for so long that, like, when I was like, what's that guy up to? And then I was still I was like, holy shit, how did I miss this? <laughs> like wait what (laughs) it's
0: just crazy scam people into csgo shit (laughs) remember when he his whole channel was based around like tactics (laughs) like how to be a better gamer yeah call of duty yeah what
1: what was his thing hey hi how you doing was that it i can't remember no i think that's another warzone screamer i remember him and
0: woody were like really good friends and they had a falling out i think who knows All those guys They yeah. don't
1: play the game and They don't play games anymore They all went political That's what happens When you get old I guess is <laughs> I guess Take my platform And spread my My un Ungodly knowledge <laughs> I'm so smart
0: You know where I stopped watching Hutch For a long time And when I got back into it Was he was playing chess Really? Yeah he's, Cause right around A couple years ago uh, Chess streaming Got really popular For some reason uh, All these streamers Started playing chess Huh Uh, But yeah, Hutch was, he got into that scene too. He was really good. Um,
1: I don't know if I could watch his chess stream, to be honest. Chess
0: stream, it's, chess is a fun game. Don't get me wrong. But it's sort of like, it's not like that fun to watch. To be honest.
1: It's a personal game for me. Like I want to, yeah. like I want to play it. I don't want to. See, that, I, I would argue to say the
0: same thing about golf, though. And you're I not, love watching yeah, golf, yeah. Like I, I feel like golf can be fun when I, I played it a, just like twice my whole life. But every time I played it, it's fun when I'm playing it. But it's not one of those things that I can like sit and watch on TV.
1: I definitely don't watch golf as nearly as much as I used to because I don't have cable, so it kind of removes my ability to watch. So I watch just the major tournaments, but um yeah just as someone who likes to play golf and watch these guys like just smack the ball around and to do what they do it blows my mind the coverage of golf is one of the worst in sports and i don't understand why they don't try to figure that out and make it better but whatever books kepka i'll make this five just short tangent brooks kepka has some awesome ideas on how to improve the game of golf and make it more viewer friendly the Golf Association needs to listen to him. Speed the game up and and get a lot more technology in there in terms of tracking and um, stop stop with it. Like literally, golf is literally when you watch on TV, you're, you're not following a single person and there's like every highlight they show you, you know something fantastic is going to happen. It's terrible. It, it's a terrible experience. But anyway, that's a side tangent. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We can get in yeah. golf. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even start started on mini golf. Yeah. <laughs> the coverage the coverage ex- non exist. <laughs> <laughs> they <I> do w- <laughs> tournaments though of mini golf. I've do seen it, some, really?
1: dude. I have seen some comp- compilations on uh, YouTube where uh, the courses that these guys play at are insane. You're like, <laughs> yes. how does this work? And they're like, they're making it in like two putts, and it's like the like mini golf courses that would blow your mind like how does someone play this it
0: like like i wish we had something like that even near us you know yeah. but no competitive anything is interesting though like even like like it could be the most boring thing but if like someone's dedicated their life to it all of a sudden it becomes interesting like i was watching uh speed walking on the olympics mainly because i was like thinking it was funny and i was like <laughs> look at these people like speed walking and then like after, like, 20 minutes of watching, I was, like, super into it. Yeah. I was like, wow, these I mean, these are legit athletes doing this shit. Dude, it's like watching cycling like, on TV. Like, yeah. there's
1: something about it where you're like, wow, look at, like, this guy is pedaling up a hill and grinding it out for, like, an hour. Yeah. And, he, like, it just keeps going and going. And you're like, "I how is this even humanly possible? Yeah, no, the, the speed walking, don't they, like, walk at, like, eight so, miles an hour or
0: something like the, that? The rule is... Um, you have to be in contact with the ground yes. at all times. So That's the difference between walking to, and running. Yeah, you have to have one foot connected with the ground at yeah. all times. Uh, so, like, they look a little silly when they do it because it's all in the hips, I guess. But they actually get cooking on that, and they go, like, 50 kilometers. Like, it's not... Are you serious? Yeah, they, swear, they're like running I, a full I, marathon. Or they're walking they a full a, marathon? I think they have a 50-kilometer one. Um, oh, my God. Um, I just... just found out about speed walking like a week ago so i didn't know anything about it i
1: think they go like eight miles an hour though they are uh, it's not like something that you could just fake your way into like it's fast
0: so this is a nerd culture but uh you know have you did you keep up at all at the Olympics?
1: Uh, I watched it a lot again, I don't have cable, so I just watched a lot of highlights. Uh um, yeah, a lot of highlights on YouTube, Yeah.
0: NBC's channel on YouTube is garbage. Hot garbage. It's so bad.
1: And um, we watched a lot of the highlights of this app called Peacock on oh, right. on uh, on my TV. So um, caught a lot of it that way. And so but no, I didn't I didn't like just sit down. I usually will just like put it on all day long. Like back at the when we used to be in the office um we would uh we would just have it on the TVs there and I I didn't get a chance to do that this year
0: yeah it's I thought it was interesting that they brought in a lot of different sports and stuff so that was kind of cool uh but you know I think the U.S won by one gold.
1: oh my god yeah, they did just barely we were down for like I just literally the looked that up time. we won in every category.
0: I think what sealed the deal was actually the women's 4x400 relay. They won four golds on that, and that pushed us to 39.
1: Well, here's the thing, though. Like, we have, like, 600-something athletes. In China, I think, only had like, 400 or something.
0: We have the most athletes in, like, every category. I mean, it's just it's just not fair to even compare some of these smaller countries to think that that's a like that represents how much how much talent is there it really we just that's just the name of the game when there's so many
1: one of the things i do love about uh the u.s though is like you have no idea when you look at our athlete you have no idea like what they are like what race and stuff and you, like, you see a Chinese, like, a, China, a person from representing China, like, they all are Chinese. Like, when <laughs> the U.S., it, it's like, we've had Asian, Hispanic, black, white, you name it. Like, it's been incredible to see all the different, like, races out there. Compete. Like, it's such a cool spectacle, like, to see, like, oh, this is, you know, this is, like, America. Like, it's everything. Well, that's the idea, know?
0: right? And it, it's been so divided late, lately, which is... Which is really sad, but the whole thing with the United States is we've always tried to imagine that we're some kind of melting pot. Right. You know, of all these different. And I feel like the Olympics is the only time that our differences are ever celebrated. Yeah. Like we're the only time we're like. Everyone from the US is like, oh, I'm from the US, and then this and that. Come and like, together
1: to represent your one. Yeah, it's country. like,
0: it's almost in that same vein as like when we were trying to go to the moon. Right. Like world peace was essentially solved for like a little bit because everyone was working on a common goal. I want
1: another space race, baby. Come <laughs> yeah, on. Absolutely. Come on. I love this competition of like China talking about going to the moon and stuff. And now the US is like, well, we need to get a base there for like, like, yeah, all right, let's put some fucking money, you know? Like, wasn't NASA's budget, like, during the 60s, like, when JFK was there, like, 5%? It and was And now big, it's, like, yeah. half of a percent or, like, one-tenth of a percent or something like that of the federal budget. It's, it's so tiny. Like, it's, I, it's absolutely right. When, when we're all galvanized to have one mission and, you know, solving a problem and, and you know, working together, like, we could do some incredible stuff. Because we have people from all across the world. Yeah, everyone with their cultures and their ideas—it's sick. It's awesome. Yeah, no, the Olympics was definitely a lot of fun to watch. I did not—I didn't think we were gonna win the gold medal count because we were behind China for so long. Track
0: and field was until the end.
1: Oh, and that's when we and had a lot of athletes.
0: Track and field—we have a lot of athletes in.
1: Because um, China usually dominates like the gymnastics stuff, right?
0: And yeah, then... like they, they do really well in diving and gymnastics and stuff like that. But um, yeah, track and field is. Uh, what really picks up uh, on our end of things. We we do pretty good on, on swimming too. The U.S. does really good on swimming, but um,
1: damn, Kayla Dressel had, got freaking five, five yeah. golds and nothing else. He, She's this whatever her name is, uh, Emma Mc, McKeon, she's the Australian swimmer. She got seven medals, four gold, three bronze.
0: That's insane. Nice. That's a lot of medals. Does Phelps still have the record for? Single Olympics with eight golds. Yeah, I was just I say, think. he got eight gold. Eight right? gold. Well, he had the perfect storm, or the, they've called the perfect Olympics. <laughs> the perfect he swim. <laughs> the perfect, he had the perfect swim. Can but you yet, even do that with any other sport than swimming? Well, swimming has the eight most eight categories. Events? Yeah, I know, right? That's the thing.
1: Like if you're the greatest sprinter ever, like, Maybe you got you know, the one, 100, the 200, the 400, like, I don't think anyone's ever I won all I don't even think there those. are
0: eight categories of sprinting and running in the Olympics.
1: It's such a different talent to I have, think there
0: like, are literally Eight categories Of different types of swimming And Michael Phelps Got gold in all of them That's insane Which Only one other person Got like seven Before him yeah, And Mike, it was also In swimming Is that Lake.
1: 2008 in Beijing That was When Michael Phelps yeah. Did that Yeah was That was insane To watch
0: That was Yeah that was uh, Something special For sure I
1: was early in high school And like That guy made swimming so cool. It was insane. (laughs) All of
0: a sudden, everyone wanted to be a swimmer. Yeah,
1: (laughs) eight goals. That's it. Oh my god.
0: I really, I get really like uh, into when small countries that you've like never even heard of sometimes, when all of a sudden they'll pull out a gold medal win in something, because it's just like seeing the emotion that comes over them. It's like it. It really is cool to see.
1: Yeah, you're talking to, like, I can't even pronounce some of these. Like, But, like, Botswana, they won, like, a bronze or something, I think, in, like,
0: weightlifting or
1: something. And, uh, oh, no. They won it in the, the 4x400 relay. Yeah. Like, like what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you know, and, it, it, and they they get their their bronze medal, and, like, the pride and passion. And, like, you know when they go back, they're going to have, like, the most insane parade for them. Like, oh, yeah. It's Absolutely. so cool, you know? Or, like,
0: countries where they've never had, like, a... I think in the Philippines, finally, they got a gold medal, and they hadn't got one before, and it was, like, in women's weightlifting or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so, like, you know that they're just going to be local yeah. heroes, like, forever.
1: I love that. I mean, it's what makes me so upset with, like, w- when the U.S. plays with, uh, uh, like, in the basketball tournaments, because we've always just, like, dominated that yeah. since we've allowed pro athletes to go in there, and this year we really, like, stumbled out of the block, and it, it seemed like egos were taking over and they like wanted to to like elevate their brand right, right. everyone's got their own brand and it was like wait a minute they don't play
0: like a team no not at all like
1: versus you watch these international guys like they're out there sweating and grinding it out and i'm not saying that our players aren't playing hard but it like we ended up getting gold so i can't really say yeah. too much but like we lost but a couple it's expected games.
0: though you know if we were to get gold in basketball can you imagine like the well the international
1: yeah the international talent for basketball because the nba has done such a good job of like recruiting international superstars like the nba is like growing in popularity across the world and so like a lot of the best players in the nba are, are like international players for like the first time in history and so the international teams are getting better so like in the future we have to play really really well to go and and yeah. uh, to win a gold, it's not gonna be It's not gonna be a cakewalk. It's not gonna be the nineteen ninety two Olympics dream team yeah, and, where running have, everyone over.
0: Larry Bird, Matthew Michael Johnson, Jordan, Jordan, Charles Barkley. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, like wait, what? <laughs> Did you see the the new three uh, v three basketballs that they put in the Olympics?
1: I think Ice Cube started that. Uh... I don't
0: it, honestly. It it like took me back to like being a kid playing (laughs) like it was the same rules like when you grab the ball you had to go outside the three and bring it back in and then like it was just like i was like damn this is actually like an event now and it it definitely wasn't as like serious as you know like actual basketball but it was kind of fun to watch a little 3v3 yeah i think the u.s women won
1: it's uh yeah i I did see that Yeah. yeah no it's um it's it's a definitely a different game. Um, it's still basketball per se, but uh, it's definitely a different game, and it, it seems like faster pace, probably more exciting to watch too. Yeah, especially um, to a
0: non basketball person. Right.
1: Like five like v five, like is definitely you know the apex of the sport, but like three v three is still exciting.
0: They introduced a lot of things this Olympics. They had skateboarding, which it had an okay showing. Uh, skateboarding did, but it's a lot of the best people. Didn't participate. Why is it? Either didn't participate or didn't have a good showing. Um, wow. There's a lot Japan of Japan people... win that one. Japan dumped but they've always been, had really good skaters because really? skating is huge in Japan. I didn't know um, that. But yeah, uh, a lot of the best skaters didn't didn't skate, and there was like I don't know. There's just like a weird thing that people like skater, skaters have with Olympics. Like they don't like the idea that in the Olympics. All of a sudden, what? Yeah, it's like it's not. It's like too mainstream, you know. The oh my so, like, god! And it just um, That's so because of that a, because of that, a lot of the the better better skaters just weren't there, and it was just kind of disappointing. Uh, but I think there's a lot of potential there. But then another thing they introduced was like different rock climbing events. Those were entertaining. They had like speed climbing and like endurance and bouldering and stuff like that. That was kind of cool. And surfing, which. Don't get me wrong, like, surfing is cool, but I have the hardest time judging what's a good run and what isn't in surfing. Dude. Like, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I,
1: I... And how do you, like, judge, like, what if the wave just sucks? Yeah, <laughs> like, versus like, what this one guy happened to... Right, like, game. the
0: only way to fix that would be if a completely uh, synthetic wave in an indoor right. pool. Like, well,
1: or, or is it judged based on... Yeah, that's actually funny. How could you do surfing in a country that doesn't have, like, like where do they do the surfing at? Like, in Australia?
0: Uh, it well, can't mean, be on site. Here, obviously, it was Japan and their oceans. But, like, yeah, what if Olympics are held in a landlocked country? Yeah, like <laughs>
1: Omaha, know? Nebraska or something like, so ridiculous. <laughs> landlocked
0: know? state. Yeah, like, it can't, I mean, you can't surf. You'd have to do it off site.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't even know. know. Because, like, maybe that's part of the... um, Now we're just uh, speculating here, but maybe that's part of it, because, like, the the surfer's supposed to, like, choose his wave. So maybe he's judged (laughs) on, like, the quality of wave that they... (laughs)
0: like maybe i don't know you
1: know what i mean like you gotta float out there and you have like 30 minutes to pick your wave and ride that one and be a long
0: ass event
1: dude yeah i don't even know how you watch that but that's the olympics right like you sit there and and the coverage is always like it's not live live because it's in tokyo you're not watching it live and and you're watching, like, events that already kind of took place, and, and they're showing you, at least here in the U.S., like, all the U.S. athletes they are not showing any sports where we're not competing. No.
0: It's because
1: NBC's like, well, what's going to get the highest ratings? Like, I remember when Sabone Biles backed out, and it was like the, NBC panicked because it was like, uh, oh, my God, we hyped well, this B. entire thing around her.
0: All the story for the long time. I'm like, there are other amazing athletes. Yes. Like, she did what she thought was best for her, and you know what? Who am I to judge? Respect what she did <sighs> But that has nothing to do with the fact that there yeah. are a bunch of other people you can cover. Yeah. You know,
1: like... Simone Biles is the greatest gymnast of all time. How is my fat ass ever... He, likes <laughs> like, a how fan. do I critique any of her decision-making of, like, why not to compete or whatever? Like, that is her thing. Like, yeah. I... I, I can't even hold a candle to anything. The dedication she's had her entire life. Like, she's already, I don't get a vote. She already I, has she an opinion. She
0: already has accomplished everything that there is to accomplish. Yeah, she's worried and about her
1: safety. Like, how could you be mad at like I, don't, I don't understand. Yeah,
0: it. like, I, I don't get that mindset. <laughs> I don't get that mindset at all. Um, but, yeah, so, but, you know, there's a... I would love to see, like, a lot of these sports that don't get... Um, Broadcasted. It's just interesting to see some of the, like, one i was my... looking into, like, uh, that's how I found out about the speed walking, which actually is a lot bigger than I thought it was. Yeah. But there's a lot of really small sports that are in the Olympics that people dedicate their lives to.
1: Dude, one of my favorite ones to watch, and I literally barely know anything about it, I don't follow it outside of the Olympics, is in the Winter Olympics, curling. Yeah. I get <laughs> so interested in that because it's such a tactical, <laughs> delicate sport, and these guys are... In there, just hyped up, trying their best.
0: Hmm. Sweep! Sweep! <laughs> <What> <laughs> <Yeah.
1: about it. laughs> I mean, this is so crazy to me. Um, I Watching love, love bad it.
0: Badminton. Oh, yeah, dude, that's so intense. It. Yeah.
1: Ping pong? Ping pong's crazy. I don't think the U.S. has any athletes in that. China's been
0: dominating ping yeah. pong for a long
1: time. It seems like it might even be their national sport. I don't know.
0: <laughs> You'd think. They got yeah. some amazing ping pong players, for sure. Like
1: gold, silver, bronze. all. Japan
0: won baseball, and that wow. was a huge deal. Because baseball has always been huge in Japan, but they've always been considered kind of second-rate compared to the MLB. Um, And so they they won baseball, and, like, that was a huge deal for Japan to win baseball. They got gold in it. I wonder if
1: the Dominican Republic usually wins that, because most of the best uh, players, I understand, I don't watch baseball for shit, but what I hear is a lot of the players come from there, or a lot of the South South American athletes come from, you know, and play. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I have no idea. But... It's crazy. The Olympics are fun to watch. I cannot, I'm actually going to go to the ones in LA in 2028. I'm already planning it. That would be awesome. I would love to go to the Olympics in 2028. Go see like the opening ceremony, hang out and like go to the different events and stuff like that. It would just be really exciting. I guess they do, like, the Olympic trials and stuff in Oregon. And, Maybe um, if
0: we blow up, we can get some Katie Ratio coverage. Some media insight. so <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a gaming a, a podcast. Yes. We're, we're here talking about skateboarding. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 did it better. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could just type hacks, you know, into the command console. Should have enabled moon <laughs> yeah, gravity. Yeah. <laughs> Like a 50-50 grind for days so you speed up when you're creating
0: friction in those games. Yeah. All right. I don't predict uh, kitty Ratio is going to be giving any Olympic coverage. No, not that you guys are probably, you guys are probably tuned out for this whole
1: segment anyway. But yeah. bringing it back to, before we close out on this episode, I do want to talk about one last item, which is, um, I was listening to another podcast that I, I tuned into every once in a while, and they were talking about this interesting idea of screen resolution and I wanted to bring it up here because I I wanted to get your you as an audience your thoughts on this as well as maybe Kyle and and I wish Dylan was here for this but your your thoughts on on pixel density and so I'll lay out this argument to this point we have um, been battling resolution in the sense that like you know old school 480p and then 720 and 1080 like They've all been great and they're fine for a TV that you're sitting 10 feet away on or 20 feet away on, whatever it is, if it's in your living room. Um, But with gaming, you're really kind of up close and personal with your setups. Most people game, like if you're a console gamer, you're playing on your couch, so you're just basically watching TV. But if you're on like a PC or, or at a gaming desk and you're playing competitively, you're probably sitting anywhere from like two and a half to three feet away from your monitor is probably an appropriate distance. And the idea that like resolution needs to go higher than 4k, like, so like 8k, you can see these like 8k resolution, um, is starting to like fade. And resolution is not necessarily the most important factor for like clarity and Resolute uh for clarity and gaming and 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 kind of like the next step of evolution right because we had 1080p and then it went to 4k and it's always been this race and 1080p held the held the champion spot for a while but then 4k now has has been like the golden if you could get to that level and whether it's console gaming or whatever like that's that's the apex of of gaming and um what what's interesting is when the pixel density is so tight around 4k that if you're sitting two and a half feet three feet away i don't think you can tell the difference between 4k or even 8k if you're looking at the same same image um because you're, you're not going to be able to make out the individual pixels and so my, my argument is this is actually huge for computing because to this point with every generation increase we've increased the rate render resolution right like What was the PlayStation 2? Like, 480. And then the PlayStation 3 was, like, 720, 1080, you know? And, like, PlayStation 4 was 1080. And then now the PlayStation 5 is, like, 4K. Like, PCs, uh, PC gaming is really kind of optimized around this 4K level. Like, I don't think that that's what consumers are going to be pushing for anymore. Because 4K is already such a high resolution that now it's all going to come down to, like, how well your assets look. Because from a resolution standpoint, you, you're not even able to make out the individual pixels. Like, it's it's already as dense as it needs to be. So now you're just coming down to, like, how well, you know, how many polygons or whatever it is that your your assets have. And are we going to see, like, this explosion of, like, higher detail games in the future since people aren't trying to, like, aren't going to push games at like 8k and 16k and stupid stupid ass things because you're not going to be looking at your screens at, at four inches away <laughs> unless you're doing vr which that obviously is a whole different discussion because the screen's two inches in front of your eyes but what are your thoughts on it
0: i think that's gonna lend to... sorry it took me a long time to get to the mic i was in a lounge <laughs> <laughs> laid back position here um, but yeah I mean obviously with, if that's something that you don't need to focus on because after you get to a certain point it just becomes a moot point and, like you don't need yeah. to focus on that kind of thing then yeah I think that the the quality of certain things are going to get surplus uh, and I look forward to you know seeing you know when that might take place I think right now the big thing is still resolution um, and you know but after a while you know, your eyes can't even discern the difference, like you were saying, especially if you're only two feet away. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, like, so I have this chart up and this is a, like a, a very like obvious chart, but your, your eyes, if you're watching, if you're looking at a monitor, that's 25 inches wide, um, or diagonal or whatever. Um, and you're 10 feet away from it, which that would be kind of like a weird setup, but if like 25 inch monitor or TV and you were 10 feet away from it, you literally cannot tell the difference between 480 or 4K. I mean, yeah. You have you have no like doesn't matter what they're showing you like you you can your eyes cannot discern the difference. Everything looks to be equivalent at that distance, and so like the benefits of 4K really they only like start to become noticeable if you're really, really close to your monitor or have a huge display. And we talked about this before the podcast, but, you know, most gamers, I think, find their sweet spot between 24 and 27 inches. Yeah. I see people, like, gravitating towards larger, you know, maybe lately. So you see, like, 36 inches or whatever, maybe. So maybe there's, like, a, a little bit of an argument to, to go to 8K. But, again, that's... Considering if you're sitting, like, a foot and a half in front of your screen which you're most likely not um so it really depends on your setup but i feel like we're not going to see beyond 4k like render resolutions be as important to computing development and it's really going to go into game engines and their asset quality which is a really interesting point in history because we really haven't been here before yeah unless i'm completely missing something but this was from uh, uh, Linus uh, Tech Tips, who was talking about this on his um, on his podcast, and it was actually really an interesting point to be made. And obviously, that's probably a hot take because people are like, "Oh, 8K looks so much better than 4K. It's four times the resolution." Yeah, sure, you can you can have like you know more information on the screen. Yeah, no doubt about it. But the reality is, is if you're looking at something rendered in a certain aspect ratio, you're going to see the same detail at a certain distance as if you would in a lower resolution. So um, it's just an interesting point to, to me made. And I'm curious about everyone's thoughts. If you guys want to hit us up and, and talk about that, because I I think 4K is going to be here for quite some time. <laughs> and, yeah. and we're still achieving it. Like, not every game, you need an insane rig to run even 60 FPS in 4K. I mean, that's just the reality.
0: Yeah. So there you go. It's your food for thought to end the episode. Definitely something to think about and uh, definitely something to be excited about to see you know, if they don't have to focus on this and where they're going to go. Uh, higher quality editing is definitely exciting, uh, if you ask me, and I'm sure any other gamer out there. <laughs> uh, be sure... If you liked this episode, like what you heard. All our episodes are pretty similar. Talk about stuff like this. Uh, we drop episodes every Tuesday of the month, except for the first Tuesday. Uh, like us on Instagram at the KD Ratio Podcasts uh, for episode updates, and tell your friends, leave a review, and I think that's about it. Anything awesome, else? that'll do. All right, that'll do, Donkey. Okay. Well, remember, with a good KD, you get the dough. Bye, guys.